Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. How would Medicare for All be a form of reparations for the Black community? How are communities in the state of Washington fighting for single-payer health care? Millennial Sean Kavanaugh, campaign director for Whole Washington, shared his views on these issues and more one year into the coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to Code Whack, Sean. Thank you for having me. So tell us briefly about yourself. Many people who fight for healthcare reform are motivated by an experience. I'm wondering if that's true for you or what drew you into the single payer movement. Hi, I'm Sean Kavanaugh and I'm a millennial. And I think like most millennials, I got into the single payer movement during the Bernie 2016 campaign. It seemed really simple to me. At the time I was poor and I was looking for just like some answers to like, man, the world kind of hurt and was kind of, just kind of sucked. And so when I first heard Bernie talk about wealth inequality, income inequality and healthcare disparities, it just clicked for me. And it's just so simple that you would have everybody pay into one collective pool, cover everybody, expand coverage, and then because of that, we would be able to increase health outcomes. And it also seemed like the moral thing to do, like no one should go bankrupt over healthcare costs or die because they can't see the doctor. That's just like ridiculous. And I wanna live in a society that takes care of people and it's not dog eat dog world. I got more involved in the healthcare movement during the protests in 2020 um, for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, I remember listening to a speech and like, what are you doing for the black community? Are you doing enough? And I just really like stepped back and I was like, you know what? I need to be doing something. And for me, I think the issue of universal health care is super important to the black community. We have some of the highest uninsured rates. We have some of the worst health outcomes and just the cost savings that we would get would be part of a reparations that we so long have deserved. Mm, wow, thank you. That's the first time I've heard it described that way as reparations for the black community. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. In January, SB Senate Bill 5204 was introduced in Washington, creating the whole Washington Health Trust. Is this a true single payer healthcare system or is it a public option plan? In other words, would everyone be automatically enrolled or could they choose to keep their existing health insurance? So this is a single payer bill, but of course it ramps up. So when it's first enacted, right, you'd have the choice of opting in, for people who are below the federal poverty rate by 200%, they wouldn't have to pay the premium or pay the health security assessment. Just like our paid family medical leave, there would be a time where we're collecting money for a bit. And then because of ERISA, which is it's a piece of legislation that protects federally protected healthcare programs, like union negotiated contracts, the VA, TRICARE, those would need waivers to allow those funds and Medicare, Medicaid, allow those funds to come into our trust and then covering those people. But everybody is able to use our trust if they choose to opt in and pay the premium. Now, this isn't like Cascade Care where the private insurance companies, and that's our whole, that's Washington's public option is Cascade Care. And so unlike that, we wouldn't have private insurers handling our plan 
and we would be able to negotiate with pharmaceutical companies to really drive down costs. We'd be negotiating with providers, hospitals to come up with fair rates to pay them and then cover everybody. If people don't want to opt in right away to the single payer system, what is what are their options? How long do they have? So people have until 51% of all Washingtonians, and that's residents, so that's our immigrant communities too, uh, undocumented communities, opt into the plan. At that point, the plan becomes solvent and everybody is then transferred over to our plan. So again, even after that 51%, that doesn't include the ERISA-protected plans. But for instance, if you're part of a union, you can still opt into the program and use it as a secondary health insurance. Or you can convince your union and your contractors to shift your benefit package over into the trust, and then you'd be fully implemented. And what major problems with health insurance in Washington do you think this health trust would address? What this would address is that each year, more and more of our state GDP goes towards healthcare costs. So in like 1998, it was 10%. In 2014, it was 14%. And, and then in the next decade, it's going to rise to 17%. And what does this mean for Washingtonians? This means more of our resources are going to private insurance companies rather than funding our schools, protecting and providing services to our vulnerable communities, our homelessness, infrastructure. We just had a bridge break, the West Seattle Bridge. And so we're not able to invest in the public good. And then for workers, just like the GDP for the state, more and more of their compensation as a total package between their wage, their benefits, more and more of it is going to health insurance. Currently, it's about a quarter, 25% of people's benefits. And in the next 10 years, it's going to go up to a third. And everybody knows what that means. That means there's less vacations. People are not being able to own homes. They're turning into renters. There's less food on the table. People have to make, and more and more people have to make those tough decisions. Do I pay for my medicine? Do I extend it? Or do I pay my electricity bill? What about the uninsured population in Washington? How big is it? Uh, Pre-COVID, it was about 6.8%. So that's about half a million people. During the peak of COVID, we had 13% of our population uninsured. So that's well over a million people. It's back down to 7%, but it shows that the folly of employer-based health insurance, that if you lose your job, you lose your insurance. And I don't know if you know your viewers have lost jobs. I believe most people have lost their job um, at some point in their life. It's stressful. And then not having healthcare on top of that, if you, you know, needed medicine, now you're doubly stressed because you don't have a job, you don't have medicine, Universal healthcare is about how we want to be treated at all times and what we allow uh, other people to be treated. So by providing that health insurance, we make that promise that we're going to take care of everybody at all points of their life. Thank you, Sean Kavanaugh. Get the full Code Wax story on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. Catch all our episodes by subscribing to Code Whack wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, a nonprofit that uplifts the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. Until next time, stay healthy.